going on, guys? How's it going? For an offerings podcast, we are we are back. It's been two weeks. Two weeks. Steve, Jared. <clears throat> I'm Steve. Jared, we're joined with our friend Tim. What's going on, this man? Episode. Uh, people might know him. People might not even know him. Fans, uh, if you listen to Acid Witch, yep. you're gonna know him. You're gonna hear his bass. That's right. Yep. Listen to shit fucker. Yeah, shit fucker. You're gonna know him. Yep. So what's been up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, just drinking some beers here. Yep, that's what we do. uh, Cast some pods. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, what's new, Jer? Uh, Honestly, I've been doing shit. I've been broke as fuck, and I just been hanging out the house. Oh, cool. I've actually been just working from the house. I work from home. From the home. From the home. Yeah. So I've just been hanging out here. And uh, other than that, just I've, I've decided I, uh, I I needed to play my guitar again. <laughs> so, so I've been writing shit. No one's more stoked to hear that than me. Um, killer guitar player, dude. Yeah. Um, What's going on with uh, Grim Butchery? Are you ever going to hear it? Uh, we have actually, we have shit that hasn't been released yet. But we have no vocals to it. Which I was going to try hitting up Kyle. Yeah, you guys supposed to do a record or a seven inch or something. We're supposed to do a seven inch split with a skeleton from Canada. That's right. And I, th- <clears throat> it probably still would be happening because uh, I talked from Dan, talked to Dan from Skeleton, and those tracks haven't been released yet. Cool. And it was just unreleased shit. Um, what I want to do is I, I'm pretty sure I have the recording still, or Cody might still have them. If I don't, I want to try just getting Kyle to from Shroud. Yeah. To just do vocals over. The handful of tracks we did for that just to get it released oh that'd be sick yeah just just so that at least that way that that could band can be just written off the way it should be i guess mm-hmm. everything released yeah i um, feel that i feel you know sometimes you just want to like put out your last recordings and get it out there call it a day you know yeah. give it a proper burial it sucks i really like that band that was like a band that, I, that that was a band in like three years in the making and then when it finally came to fruition i was like pumped and it just it kind of deteriorated because of shit going on between other members but like you said yeah just rather release everything so at least it's a properly like everything we did is done everything we did is released yeah go I mean, from there probably hard with tuesday you know, having her daughter and whatnot. I mean, I think obviously, you know, she had Aki with Charlie, and Charlie is a longtime drummer for many of my bands, Shitfucker and Acid Witch. And right. Oh, yeah. Recently bowed out of both for probably similar reasons, you know, just other stuff going on. And He actually did the last Grim Butchery recordings. Yeah, I, I do know that. I remember him uh, saying he was going to record with you guys. Hmm. Yep. I wasn't sure of that seriously that was like what at this point two years ago yeah it was and a while like, ago he basically came in we wrote a bunch of stuff recorded it and then that was like the end of that whole band in general yeah yeah I wore the spools out on that cassette tape dude <laughs> that was like fucking I, it was really good man did you ever get the other one no which one do you have I have the, the split uh, or just us um, the Contorture split you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever got that. Okay, I think I still have copies of that if you want one. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Cause, uh, I think I need a copy of that one. I think I have least. at least like four left. Yeah. You guys will leave here with a prize, and it will be that tape. Cool. I can dig it. Um, I will say, when 
Acid Witch was on tour in Sweden. I think it's Christina from Contorture mm-hmm. that we met, and uh, she was pretty awesome and very hospitable to us. That's awesome. Also made us a cake. Really? Sweet. Yeah, we had like a cool cake. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a crazy Swedish cake with blackberries and stuff. It was awesome. Oh, cool. That's fucking rad. Yeah, cake. I'm down. Yeah, you know, can't fuck with a cake if you're on tour. I mean, yeah, any, any uh, you know, creature comforts like that help, man. It's, you know, dude, like homemade food. Yeah, anything on tour is fucking a godsend. Yeah, it's yeah, super appreciated. You know, anything that's not fucking gas station, especially all the country, <laughs> like know, fucking other side of the world. Yeah, yeah, no for kidding. Sure. Didn't uh, the drummer from Bongzilla bring you guys like pita and hummus one time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking sweet. We man. were uh, we played Madison, and then uh, after the show, we just went to this party, and it was uh, a three level house that was just a bunch of different apartments, but every apartment was owned by somebody who was like some punk or metalhead, and everybody was like connected. So it became like this whole house, and all every apartment was a party. Yeah. And he happened to work next door, and he just came over after this restaurant closed with a bunch of food. Like, here, you guys are partying. Here, you had a band in town. Here's some fucking food. That's killer, dude. Yeah. That's cool. Hospitality rules. Yeah, that's fucking cool. But, um, yeah. Bugzilla dudes are cool. Yeah. Always, uh, been cool when I met those dudes. Did some artwork for them at one point for, uh, a package of Bongzilla incense sticks. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did like a, I guess the artwork on the packaging is kind of a different thing for me, but it's pretty cool. That's know? rad though, man. Yeah, that is really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would be like just because it's almost like a such a small scale. That's kind of out of your element for yeah. what you normally would do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's cool though. It's something different, weird format, you know. That's, that's cool. Rad. What do you uh, What have you been jamming, dude? Uh, Jared. Oh me. Uh, let me pull this up because I've been kind of fucking going on a uh, Scandinavian trip for the most part. Let's go to Scandinavia. Um, jamming fucking, uh, I was jamming a shit ton of uh, the shit lickers, crap cop skulls, fucking release. Sprakta snoot scholar. Yes. As they would say in the native tongue. As I, I can't say in that tongue. <laughs> but yes, dude, that fucking, <laughs> that release. Jamming that, jamming, uh, I always say these fucking band names wrong from over there, I know I will. Uh, Malacha, the, their 84 to 86 collection, yeah. which is a fucking sweet, um, they're from Finland, aren't they? Or are they from Sweden? I'm looking at you because you're going to be the only one I, I think. I thought knows. they're from Sweden, <laughs> but to be honest, uh, they're straight edge, right? I believe they were. That honestly yeah. would not surprise I've me. I checked them out a couple times, but uh, that always kind of, in a way, turned me off. Yeah. I'm gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, I get it. There's like there's bands where like especially even more so American hardcore bands. Yeah. 80s hardcore. They bands. don't sound like yeah. you know a straight edge band or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. Never uh, checked them out a few times, but not super familiar with them. Yeah. I dig them. I'm like, it has like that, uh, it definitely has a Scandinavian hardcore sound, but it, it, it has that, I'm almost going to say like 
it's like Scandinavian hardcore mixed with American hardcore yeah. to an extent. Like it has those fucking like crushing like breakdown parts that American hardcore came up with or yeah. came out with. <laughs> but I dig them, and they were only around for like two years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tampera SS, fucking uh, oh, yeah. Sota EP, and then the uh, this is the one I'm gonna fucking pronounce wrong, Kaulut and Kaulputu, that fucking record. I love that band. And it's been forever since I listened to them. Um, right on. Good. I gotta give you props for attempting to pronounce the Finnish names there. Yeah. They're uh, never easy. Always a tongue twister. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. I honestly, I don't even know if I pronounce Finnish names right at all. I just pronounce them the way I feel they should be pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> and then other than that, uh, uh, the band Heavy Nukes. Which uh, I think they're from. S- See, I've seen different things. I've seen them listed as being from Sweden, and then I've seen them listed as being from Germany. So honestly, I don't know where the fuck that band's from. Maybe they have split members. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Could be. And then uh, totally make a left turn on this one because I was listening to it a lot in the past couple weeks. Anti No Early, We Are the League. Ooh, Sweet. now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, they're a good band, man. You know, what can I say about Animal? And yeah. Crew? I was, like, bummed when uh, that Detroit show fell through. Oh, yeah, the one that was supposed to be at... Well, I remember one that was supposed to be at Elvin's and then one that was supposed to be at... The last one was Sanctuary. Okay. Yeah, I remember one being at uh, that fucking place, the Labyrinth 2, that was in the basement of the old city club, but this is a while. I remember that place. Yeah played that place once did yeah. they ever actually play there or did that fall through as well I think that fell through as well motherfucker never, I saw them at uh, Holidays in the Sun Punk Fest in New Jersey in like 2002 2001 maybe but I've never seen them in Detroit all the shows seem to fall through that's rough yeah kind of like a conflict in that yeah. area it's like conflicts been booked here to play here like five times and they always fucking cancel <laughs> I, hope. this is like a it's it's connected but it's kind of like a a, a spur off when i worked at that uh gas or glass plant we work midnights and i remember getting off at like 6 a.m to walk out to my car and we get we never got service in there get out to my car and i voicemail it's like six in the morning it's mark from anguish and he's like drunk as shit he's like jared were you the one that told me you saw conflict back in the day at the token was that you <laughs> the ungovernable force like you like fucking went on a tangent like drunk as shit like you started spouting like conflict titles and then he's like and he sung up and i'm like what i think i talked to larry he's like oh yeah i found out that wasn't you <laughs> well Mark must have been wearing his uh, Code 13 jeans With all the zippers on them At that point Yeah this was uh, See I, I quit there in oh, uh, 13 I think this had to have been around Between 10 11 Maybe 9 10 Well Despite Mark's uh, rock and roll Appearance nowadays if you look closely at his forearm, you will see the Charged Records oh, yeah. logo tattooed there. So he can't deny his street punk past. When I met Mark, Mark was 
if you would have if you would have told me like oh yeah mark's gonna be like into like 70s rock and i would have been like no because when i met mark there was no fucking way no man, it was all fucking super punky nights yeah super punk fucking if it wasn't crasher crust it was nothing no <sighs> tell you what though <clears throat> back like i don't know oh when i live in lansing like oh seven oh eight mm-hmm Back at the BMC days, I'd always fucking be jamming like Uriah Heep, Salisbury, and the first album, and shit like that. Demons and Wizards and shit? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I remember, man, Mark and Ernie were like... Every, everyone hated it. Like, all the fucking punks that would come at the BMC. I remember <laughs> people just fucking, boom, like, hitting the fucking stop button on the tape deck <laughs> yeah. all the time in the garage. Throwing my fucking Uriah Heap tapes fucking Fuck. across the room and shit. And that sucks. But Mark and Ernie, you could see a spark. They were always like, what is this, man? We're fucking, we're down, you know. But alas, most people couldn't handle the Thin Lizzy or the Heap. And now, fucking punk kids can't get enough of the fucking Thin Lizzy, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, I wish you would have seen Uriah Heap when they came here. They were fucking top shelf. Uh, yeah. A couple that's months ago. Token, yeah. I wanted to go to that, but I think I was, I think I was actually out of town, maybe on tour or something. Yeah, they were good, man. They were real good. Yeah, I think it's just Mick Box, the one guitar player, still left in the band, but I definitely, I mean, I'd go see him. I fucking love your eye heap, you know? Yeah, me too. Incredible. I even love, uh, <clears throat> the albums after David Byron left, uh, the stuff with John Lawton, who was the singer for Lucifer's Friend, who joined Uriah Heep after David Byron left and uh, sings on, like, uh, wow, man, like Firefly. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the later stuff. Yeah, No Innocent Victim. Like, mid-70s stuff, but that shit's fucking killer, man. Yeah. A lot of people overlook those albums, but if uh, you get a chance, Fallen Angel, too, check out those John Lawton albums. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking... They're killer. They're really good. I don't know why people don't, you know, like shit after, you know, David Byron left, but John Lawton's a fucking great singer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a killer show, dude. Um, I enjoyed it. I was not there. Yeah, no. I, it was... Good. Kingdom Come opened up. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember them guys? Those dudes are fucking... On a permanent acid trip, dude. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, what have you been jamming, dude, Tim? <clears throat> well, what have I been jamming? Uh, that's a, always a tough question, Steve. Oh. But probably been jamming a lot of oddball stuff lately and stuff like... Uh, some weird, like, uh, early synth music. Uh, this guy, Morden Sabotnik, put out a couple uh, real early synth albums in the late 60s. One called uh, Silver Apples to the Moon. One called The Crazy Bull. And they're, like, just fucking almost, like, heavy electronics promo or proto-noise. Okay. Real fucking crazy synth whacked out shit uh southern dude 60s synth dude mort garson put out some records as black mass lucifer another early 
synth dude, uh, this other early synth lady, um, Doris Norton, who was married to the guitar player from uh, the Italian band, um, uh, fuck, uh, Antonius Rex and um, Jackula. If you've ever <clears throat> checked those bands out, they're kind of like uh, uh, late 70s Italian progressive rock, kind of sound like Goblin, you know, with a horror cool. slant. Right on. Uh, yeah, Doris Norton was married to their guitar player. She was actually, I think, sings on some of those uh, Antonius Rex records. But yeah, she did this crazy fucking synth shit too. Her stuff's not as noisy, it's a little more sequenced and programmed. But uh, she actually has a record called Personal Computer that Apple uh, put out as in like 1985. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah. It's like. It's really fucking far out shit, but it kind of, you know, goes to show that if, like, that's the stuff Steve Jobs is listening to in, like, 1984, 85, I can see why he's, you know, on a next level of, like, mental thought. Right. It's really, really fucking weird shit. Right. But, uh... Just a quick uh, chime in. Yeah. Uh, Alan Parsons, are you a fan? Um, you know... I don't really know that much about Alan Parsons' project. It's my, one of those things that never... Uh, yeah, my dad showed me them when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was, like, all computerized music from, like, the 70s. Yeah. Like, uh, early 70s. And um, I was just wondering, because there was a lot of synth and a lot of computer music, like, incorporated in their early stuff. And then in the 80s, he became more mainstream. Or yeah. Whatever, but gotta give that a listen i mean i'm obviously familiar with the name and like some of the albums in terms of like seeing them around but Mm -hmm. can't say it's stuff i'm like super familiar with check out a a album called i robot all right it's it's really good like the uh long before that yeah (laughs) um check that movie out when you think about that yeah i'm on top of that rose um (laughs) what else you been jamming dude anything well, I'll tell you what. Been jamming a lot of ICP lately. I don't know if we got any uh, people down with the clown in the room tonight besides myself, but give you a little. My thought on that whoop, is. Whoop right here. My thought on them is. Their they're big, loud fan base, the ones you see the most of, killed that, that group for me. Because I've, when I was younger, I listened to ICP, pretty much everything from uh, Beverly Hills, Beverly Kills, up until I think Riddlebox. But that was the last one I listened to too. Couldn't do the fan base, and it got to the point where they started annoying me. But if I never would have, if I could have just segregated myself and just listened to them without realizing everything else, for anybody who's into horror and doesn't mind rap, yeah, there's fucking. Understandable, for sure. I mean, kind of uh, hear, you know, similar stories a lot. But, you know, I my take on it is, it's like, for me, it's its own fucking thing. It's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like people who are into the Grateful Dead or something where like the Grateful Dead for them was just like the singular thing and it like kind of existed separate from other music and bands that they were into. Kind of feel that way with like the Juggalo universe and uh, associated 
artists and acts, you know. For sure. But, uh, you know, I've always been like a big fan of fucking real uh, fucking ignorant hip hop. I mean, and like horrorcore and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Detroit shit, ICP, Isham. Um, yeah, yeah, fucking. All, all about Isham, Nottis. You know? Nottis fucking rules. Dude, dude, the first time I heard of Nottis, I was walking just down a normal fucking street in Downriver, Michigan. Found a blank tape. Picked it up. Walked home, put it on. Fucking rap. Didn't know what it was. Went to my cousin who was like on to like hip hop and shit. And he's like, oh, this is Nottis. Nice. Took the tape back, started really listening to it, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I really actually, for like a, a good period there, I was like really in the Nottis. Nottis rules. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, that's like, Isham and Nottis to me are, that's like, whew, that's fucking high up there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I always have a extra special soft spot for Detroit artists and, you know. I mean, Isham, Isham started the game, man. Like, Isham started all the wicked shit, all the horrorcore. Any, no rappers fucking talked about killing yourself and fucking worshipping the devil and fucking Bibles burning no. in your hand and your fucking True story. mom being mm-hmm. a fucking crack addict. You know, like, people just <laughs> fucking weren't saying that shit. Like, Isham was legitimately scary, man, for, like, black culture, too. That's like some different shit, you know. Yeah, that's like different from like like white kids into fucking like death stuff and everybody's just like, oh ho ho ho. Yeah. I noticed like black culture takes that shit oh, totally sure. yeah. serious from like from like what white kids do. Like that to them that's just like no, you don't fucking do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of you know people maybe who grew up in that culture and then maybe a more like you know, traditionally religious kind of culture, uh, you know, around Detroit specifically and the the uh, church culture around the African-American community in Detroit definitely don't fucking play that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they, Isham uh, was something fucking totally mm. too. Like, you know. Uh, Flint. Yeah. Flint in the Flint. house, man. Fuck yeah, dude. All that shit. Fucking Dane Family Project born, man, from Flint. Like, those dudes fucking lay it down if you like fucking nasty fucking ghetto horrorcore. No fucking yeah. No fucking white boy juggalo bullshit, but like real dark. Dane family yeah. scared me when I first yeah, heard man. it. Dane it, 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 fucking it, Project Born. I never heard. I'm gonna yeah. check them out. I've never heard that, but yeah. Fuck yeah, man. The Dayton family. I'm the kid had a tape of it and he put it on and I'm like, what the fuck is this, dude? This is scary as yeah. fuck, dude. Like they were talking about just blowing people's brains out and fucking like selling drugs and shit. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. But I loved it. I fell in love with it. I thought it was the fucking coolest thing ever. You like uh Dayton, are you familiar with uh the Doughboys, Doughboys Cash Out from Detroit? I've I heard think of so. them. Yeah. It's, yeah. Pretty uh, good tales of Detroit thug life and, like, you know, lots of songs about fucking slanging that yayo and fucking yeah. living that life, you know? Fuck being indicted. My homeboy, Doughboy Rock, got murdered last year. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, uh, man. Say that to Doughboy Rock, you know? Killer's still out there. We got a. Shit, killer has been caught. No, man, we gotta uh, gotta do something about this. Son of a bitch on the streets. Yeah. 
But um, well, that's cool, man. Yeah, um, but shit like that, you know, I don't know, man. Like metal wise, punk wise, like probably listen to a lot of the same shit. Like I always listen to. You. I mean, I still listen to like a lot of UK eighty two stuff. Oh yeah. Fucking jamming Verukers today. Yes. Before I came out here, early stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. UK 82 punk and fucking old 80s fucking heavy metal, man. I'm checking out a lot of weird uh, Michigan shit lately. Been listening to this band from uh, Tawas City, Michigan. Tawas? Yeah, Afterbirth. Like, I kind of uh, got turned on to these guys recently. They put out one record, a 7-inch, called... Uh, who's in there i think but it's crazy man these guys kind of look like fucking i don't know like sodom or destruction or something like tons of makeup and spikes and dudes got like the fucking mentors hood and shit but their music is just like it's fucking shitty dude it's like (laughs) super fucking crappy lo-fi punk cool dude i feel like like, you live in like an area like talos yeah, it's like it's it's like middle of nowhere, in Michigan, yeah, dude. dude. There's probably not even like two thousand people that live. No, here. my mom used that? to take us it's to nothing. Lake Tawas yeah, for the yeah. to the that's, beach. That's yeah, that was the only thing anyone would ever know. It's almost it's like a tourist town. Yeah. Like, it's like a Michigan tourist city. Yep. Like people go there in the summer, and it's not summer, and no one's fucking there. Yeah. So afterbirth, man. If you guys really, if you want to dig below the levels of like. Michigan filth, like below medieval from Portage, and <laughs> below like uh, I don't know, fucking Burning Desire, or trying to think of some other obscure Michigan bands. But yeah, Afterbirth. Who's okay, dude. What about that uh, that, that that Michigan band from uh, Ypsilanti called uh, uh, Temple of the Fuzz Witch? Ah, I don't think I'm familiar with Temple of the Fuzzwitch. They've been uh, <laughs> they've been around. I've seen. I honestly, things. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't know what they sound like. Never listened to them yet. They've been popping on shows more recently, but I just found it funny that they're from Michigan, and their band's name includes basically like Temple of Void and Acid Witch. <laughs> well. <clears throat> It's not as bad as the fucking Electric Wizard, Acid Witch, Warlock, or oh. the horror show, but fuck, fucking come suck, fucking, <laughs> fucking ass bash thievery. Forgot about that one. Shit. Forgot about that. Like, come on, dude. Like, it was. That's blatant. That is blatant. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that. We were pretty. Acid shit-housed. Warlock. It was it Electric Warlock, Acid Witch. Yeah. Can see Electric Wizard uh, was respected enough to. Hey, we gotta change this yeah. a little bit to Electric Warlock, but Acid Witch, they're just like fuck those guys. They're not big enough. Yeah, Rob fuck them. Was just like those guys will fucking never do shit. One of the movies that we're gonna talk about <laughs> later on, dude. Fucking, I typed up on uh, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gorehor came up, and a fucking Rob Zombie used Gorehor in one of his uh, song titles. Yeah, he yeah. Had a like, song on that album called the something exhibitions yeah, of yeah. the Gorehor. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I just can't get away from this guy. What the <laughs> fuck's going on, man? But um, yeah. Uh, well, me, if if it's okay, if I mention you're good, a few you're bands, good to chime in. Okay. Yeah. What? What's you know. 
going on? What are you listening to? I listen to fucking, okay, I've been listening to this band Fjorn. F-O-R-N. They're fucking just heavy riffs, man. Uh, they have an album called The Departure of Consciousness. Um, I've been listening to them. Uh, no Funeral from Minneapolis. Yeah, you're huge uh, on those guys. Just pummeling fucking nihilistic sludge doom. I can't get enough of them. Next month, man. Can't wait. Um, the Fistula Hemdale split that just came oh, out. Yeah, hell yeah. Have you checked that out? Because it's uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, did you check out guys. the uh, fucking Fistula Come to Grief? I have, yeah. Fistula dudes are uh, actually kind of buddies of ours. We uh, when we were in Europe did like five or six dates with them. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, had That's a good time. Cool. Similar, similar vibe to us. Like total, just fucking Midwest burnouts who fucking don't give a fuck. You know, want to just play heavy music and do drugs, man. They last time I saw. Um, saw those dudes, you know, was down at a midnight show in Ohio and hooked us up with a bunch of mushrooms and shit. Oh, killer. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys played together at Berserker, too. Yeah, played with them a few times. Yeah, I missed you guys. I didn't go to that yeah. Friday show. Um, I've been listening to a lot of fucking Fistula. Just, I'm going to throw that out there. I fucking love that band. Um, the Scott Riegers era... St. Vitus. Oh, yeah. Uh, for some reason, like, their early, early stuff, like White Stallions yeah. and, you know, I've been jamming black that. Magic. Yeah, white yeah, magic. White Magic, Black Magic, and uh, then, like, Die Healing and shit, you know, getting away from yeah. the wino stuff, which I love, but some love for Scott Riegers, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, that's my uh, favorite St. Vitus is it actually yeah okay yeah because I like I like the wino stuff too but I've been getting into the Scott Rieger stuff a little bit more lately um uh corrupted and Newthgrush split oh yeah yeah Japanese yep uh the the split they did with Newthgrush is fucking sick man and uh still listening to old razor oh yeah 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 fucking um I invader I I don't go past uh shotgun justice not getting too into the Bob Reed. Well, I guess Bob's on that, but yeah. A violent Restitution and Back is Ooh, like... Violent Restitution's a fucking rager, dude. That production on that album's so fucking heavy. Yeah, it is. It, it's. I think they were better than Slayer. Yeah. If, I, if one is so inclined... Fuck it, I'll agree with that. <laughs> it's a bold opinion. Why not, man? Yeah, you know, man. Fuck, fuck Slayer. Dude, just because Slayer got big doesn't mean they were like the best... I gotta take a fucking piss. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. We'll carry this. Go ahead, man. Let's fucking trash Slayer some more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, just because they got, they were as big as they were in the 80s and and obviously the legacy they came through, it doesn't mean there weren't bands who didn't get that recognition that were better than what they were putting out. Right. I mean, fucking Zach from Shit Life and um, ex-Black Dahlia murder drummer, fucking, you know, he's a good friend of mine and shit. And he was like, dude, there's this band called X-Death. E-X-D-E-T-H and they only put out an EP with three songs and they it was in the 80s and that shit was Slayer style like that Teutonic Thrash shit dude buried Slayer just buried Slayer dude and like Old Razor is a, in the same vein but dude they just they're better than Slayer well, dude. that's the thing like it doesn't like it, it especially then it kind of depended on the breaks you got and where you were from 
Yeah. Obviously, if you're from California, we're going to catch more breaks and have the, the Bay better Area. chance. Yeah, the Bay Area, a better chance of fucking getting more recognition and getting to how Slayer fucking did. You got yeah. a better chance of doing a record with Rick Rubin if you're from, you know, San Francisco than if you're from Gulf. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Fucking Midwest nowhere. <laughs> fucking Violent Restitution is probably one of the greatest thrash albums I've ever heard, man. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because I've read interviews with Dave Carlo, and I think at that point, like, Sheepdog was already, like, kind of disinterested in the band. I feel like I read an interview where he said they really had to convince him to just fucking come into the studio and cut that album and it's fucking gold man it's an amazing album it is and if you if you're lucky enough to see them now they play the meat of their you know set list is from violent restitution yeah um yeah i saw them at uh metal threat in chicago and then i saw them a couple years ago in bolt thrower came to Canada, I went up nice. to uh, London, Ontario, and saw Bull Thrower and Razor together. How was that? That was killer. I bet. Yeah. It yeah. was packed, man. It was like, couldn't believe how many people were there. It was in a pretty big venue. Way bigger than you'd get, like, at anything in the States. Here, in the States, know? right. But yeah, I've been jamming Razor, and I don't know if um, you've ever heard of this band, but Coffin Worm? Yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, they're not, like, gonna blow your doors off or anything but i've been jamming them they're kind of like a i don't know like a doom band essentially but they got some other stuff like peppered in there and um i'm gonna throw one out there that i i know you you're not gonna like but hey man uh, i went with the icp so well (laughs) we have seven minutes of new bong ripper that was released a week ago and i've been listening to that snippet from their new album that's coming out next month so i think i listened to that seven minutes with you like three times over the last weekend yeah yeah i've been jamming it why do you say uh wouldn't like that one well i just know that they're not a popular band among like fucking people that i hang out with do you like bong ripper tim um i've seen them live once before and that's really like my only uh, kind of experience with them. It, they were cool live. They were heavy, but I can't say I'm super familiar with any of their albums. Oh, okay. I, I'm. Yeah, I don't. I don't like hate them or anything. Oh, okay. I. Like, my bad for assuming. Yeah. Most people are like fuck bong ripper, because um, they you know play like five riffs or whatever. Uh, that's what I hear. <laughs> well, I mean, Electric Wizard, fucking his built a huge career on that i mean well i'll give electric Wizard a little more credit because they do have different periods where they sound different but i mean true yeah, story their last fucking i mean three or four albums yeah what do you think of the the last one that they just put out honestly i feel like it's kind of it was it just it was kind of like beating a dead horse in a way i mean i liked uh, Witch Cult Today a lot. Me too. That's my favorite one, dude. And uh, I like Black Masses too. Thank you. But I just, I don't know. The last one, I don't know. Wasn't feeling it as much. Are you talking about like Time to Die or? I'm talking about. Um, Wizard Bloody Wizard. Wizard Bloody Wizard. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of, it's like a bare bones um, 70s occult doom kind of thing that they. 
yeah, kind of did. A little more. Some of the songs are a little more rock based, I guess. True like story. Especially that first cut, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a, f- a few things, like I said. I mean, I think it just sounds. It was a little formulaic, you know, a little bit of the grime and misanthropy of Electric Wizard felt like it, it got lost a little bit. But I don't know. The cover too. Think if you're gonna like do a cover where like somebody's got the album title carved into their stomach, then you should probably carve it into their stomach because I let's be felt the same way about that cover. Otherwise, it's like Slayer already did it with yeah. the fucking the live album when the dude's got Slayer carved into his back. You know, you can find a psycho who's gonna fucking carve it into their skin. <laughs> it's not that hard. I felt that that cover fell below Electric Wizard. Like they should have. I expected yeah. a better cover. Yeah, the title too. I mean, seems like a little fucking half-assed. Obviously, you know. It's I kind of just play at this point when you got a band like that and they kind of do like a riff off of Sabbath. It's it's expected at some point. That's what I mean. I wrote it's it too, off. It's just it's just just too by the numbers, too expected, too playing it a little too safe where gotcha. their greatest material in that band fucking never played it safe. I mean, I saw... I was lucky enough to see them, the original lineup with Jess O'Born, Mark Greening, and Tim Bagshaw a couple times um, at the Shelter, one time when they toured with Macabre, and then one time with Warhorse. And, like, you could tell, like, the tension on stage between the band at that time was crazy. Like, they play songs, and it was like everything was different, like, from the way it was recorded. They are like, smoking pot on stage. Was uh, and, uh, was that, like, the tour that they ended up breaking up on? It was, like, shortly after that, because I remember after one of those shows, I was hanging out with Tim Bagshaw, the bass player, and uh, he was like, hey, you want to go smoke a joint on our bus? And we went on the bus, and I was smoking with him and stuff, and we were talking, and he was saying how, at that point, like, Joss O'Born did his own thing, and that, like, him and Mark Greening were kind of doing their own thing, too. You know, like, the Shit. you could tell, even on stage, you could tell, like, they were... The tension was like, yeah, fucking thin. But, but it was awesome. It was, like, fucking tense and brutal, and their set was just fucking crushing, you know? And I've seen him since then, too, with, like, Liz Buckingham and uh, Clay from uh, Satan Satyrs on bass. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're good, but it's nowhere near as, like, just loose and weird and trippy and psychedelic as, you know, it was. those early shows and violent, you know. Dude, seeing those fuckers at the shelter with Macabre, yeah. I couldn't even imagine that show. It Are was, you fucking kidding me? It was uh, Electric Wizard... Macabre enslaved. <laughs> enslaved. Yep, enslaved was also on there. And then this death metal band, I think they're from Florida, Diabolic. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? Their drummer is. Yeah, you fucking, know that band? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they played too. Yeah, yeah. That dude had like a full roll cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude was sick. I seen yeah. Diabolic twice, man. Yep. Cool. That, that's a fucking weird lineup, but that's fucking amazing yeah that's killer that'd be a fucking awesome show so was that like uh come my fanatics era it would have been after that i think it was a dope throne dope throne because if i remember they actually did an in-store signing at this head shop called bdt's piping tobacco that's on gratiot avenue like used to be across the street from the old record time 
if you ever hit up mm-hmm. that shop on uh, like Crash It and like Eleven Mile. Mm. But Electric Wizard did an in-store, and I remember fucking going in there and like. <laughs> There was, like, no one in there, you know. I went in there and, like, <laughs> fucking was chatting with them and shit. And then this was kind of before they blew up, you know. It was still pretty underground shit. But, yeah, they did this fucking in-store at a head shop that was pretty cool. Oh, wow, man. That's legit, man. Yeah. Del Preston. Everybody. <laughs> I still think you led a really cool life. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that's killer. That's awesome, man. Um I, I only got to see them once, and they were fucking phenomenal. When I yeah, I got to see them once, and they were phenomenal. Everybody around me fucking sucked. Yeah, everyone at that show was definitely there for the wrong reasons. Everyone sucked. I, what, what, where did you guys see them at? Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Okay. It was like the last time they played. Uh, they, I think they played Chicago, and they did they play MDF? Was that the year? Did they play MDF that year? I think so. Yeah, they, they, they did a little leg. Yeah, they did like a little yeah. couple shows. But everybody, it was like super packed. It was at the Metro. Yep, the Metro. And everybody around me sucked. Yes. It was like this big dude who like, I he probably dropped acid and just wanted to dance. Yeah. And he was like going everywhere, but he was a bigger guy. So he's like, if he hit you with his arm, you were fucking moving. Yes. <laughs> and at some, somebody tried like putting him in check and he didn't care. Like no. it wasn't happening. No. I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. Yeah, but yeah, the band wise... Yeah, yeah the show was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, every time I've seen them, they've been good. But that original lineup, the, you know, the three piece was when they hated each other. Yeah, it was, it was something different, man. It was like that would have been something. That's like a moment in time, man. Yeah, kind of. It really is, dude. Think about it. It's like a band that I mean, honestly, it could have been you just saw that band and then it was done. And yeah, because that band legit ended, and then Liz Buckingham. Kind of intervened in some way and fucking, I guess, rallied the troops, however you want to fucking put it, and yeah, yeah. helped them get back. You know, they definitely like rebooted after Let Us Pray. Yeah. And uh, took them a little while to find their footing, even then, I think. <coughs> like, <coughs> we live, I think, was that great, but then I think Witch Call Today, people were like, yeah, you know back on it but it's i don't know it's like anything man you you kind of always have to fucking reinvent yourself yeah or at least like at least like try to give something different in a way yeah you know it's hard man i mean i don't know if you're ever gonna see like the classic days of rock bands that can kind of get along on just being one thing i don't think you're ever gonna see another motorhead you're never gonna see another acdc bands that can do you know 20 albums of just their one style yeah exactly and do it yeah you know i don't know in a way like because and this isn't about like oh you have to change to keep up with the times it's more about everything's been fucking done right yeah. where it's hard not to repeat yourself and i think because like so many 
boundaries of music have been explored. You know, it's hard to get faster. It's hard to get slower. It's hard to get, you know, more extreme, more noisier, you know, more quiet, more loud, more fucking mm-hmm. dark, more whatever, you know. It's all been done, man. In a way, yeah. So, I don't know. I think, like, in my bands, I've never really tried to... uh repeat myself too much obviously there's certain repeating themes and stuff but you you try to find a new way to fucking play with those themes i guess and it's pretty much like you 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 grow and change album to album but you got to have that core thing that kind of keeps it centered and based in whatever that band is yeah yeah speaking of which man um which um will we ever hear hard rock halloween live I just wanted to ask you that. That was one of the questions I had for you. Yeah, probably. Um, I think that's a song that we definitely will probably play live at some point. Cool. Probably going to throw my beer at somebody. Me too. I'm waiting for to spill a beer on you when I hear it. Yeah. We told like we told Mike like Hard Rock Halloween. Like first time I heard that, to me that's like a song. That's, that's a fucking like fist in the air type fucking like just rock song. Yeah, it's a little different for an Acid Witch song, but I think in a way, some of the stuff on Evil Sound Screamers, you know, was set up a little bit by the Midnight Movies EP, where it's a little more rock based. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I don't know if people like necessarily get Evil Sound Screamers. I think like some of the influences on there definitely were like cheesy soundtrack rock. You know, stuff like. Uh, fucking paul sabu who did the soundtrack for like hard rock zombies Mm -hmm. and uh like uh fucking the savage street john farnham who did like the savage street soundtrack savage streets these really cheesy anthematic 80s rock albums you know and like i don't know there's i think we tried to throw a little bit of that in there you know less than the like real heavy like doom crushers like a lot of bands there's a little bit more play with like rock music and stuff i kind of yeah i dig it yeah i love how everything you guys release for the most part i mean aside from like seven inches those kind of fit into an extent to the albums but every like full album is a different sound yeah but it's still acid witch and you hear it in e- each of those fucking albums. Oh, man. Yeah. The new, the, the evil sound screamers is so good. I just want to say that, dude. It's so fucking good. And Jared and I, like, listen to it all the time. We Thanks, really man. do. Yeah. Um, Glad you guys dig it, you know? Dude, that's know. like 100% up our alley on that one. It is. It is. Um, pretty much everything you guys have done is gold for me. So, uh, the, the, the newest one though is fucking really good and i just wanted to hear that song live eventually yeah i definitely think that's something we'll play live we've kind of jammed it a few times like cool but we've been kind of busy in terms of like just switching over some live stuff obviously we had some changes in the band with like charlie being our only drummer for let's see uh it was like started playing live in around 2000 and nine or 2000 yeah i think 2009 pentagram so, show right yeah so charlie had been our only drummer for about 10 years and uh you know he recently left so been kind of trying to uh work fill in as the new drummer and uh 
you know, Phil's got a bunch of other bands. He plays in like Detroit 442 and mm-hmm. Detroit Party Marching Band and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other things too. Plays in fucking shit ton of bands. But, you know, same thing with Mike. I mean, Mike's fucking God Nuke and Temple of Void. Temple of Void failed. Uh, well, I guess Harbinger's not around anymore. But yeah, you know, so. We try to find some time to, like, fucking switch things up a bit, but, uh, yeah, I think we definitely want to add that in soon here. Cool. Yeah, I just want to hear it live. Yeah. I thought that'd be fucking awesome. And I have yet to take Hallucinogenics and listen to that album. It's coming. It's in the works. Uh, Dude, uh... Probably going to be Han Solo when that happens. <laughs> The one I went and played on, too, like dip, candy corn. Something. Some Anything. Yeah. Acid. Chocolate Some mushrooms. Candy. Yeah. Just yeah. Drop that liquid right on it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the fucking uh, the, the creepy split with Nunslaughter. Spooky. 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 Yeah. Creepy's act. Creepy actually is the magazine. Yes. It's a, Spooky's not the magazine. Right. A play on creepy. Yeah. Uh, the spooky split with Nunslaughter. Nunslaughter. Fiends of Old. That fucking song. Did you... You wrote the lyrics of that one, right? Yes. Fucking pissed. Yeah. Pretty much everything. <laughs> Lyr- lyrical content, <laughs> shit, music, I, that shit's fucking pissed. Well, that song, you know, I mean... I throw full beers at the wall when that yeah. song comes on at my apartment. Just full, like, not even open. I just whip it at the wall, dude. It's, I get so excited. Then I pick it up, open it, shotgun it. Dude, I'm, I, like, I'm, like, weird with, like, like references in songs and just the fucking references thrown in that song. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of references to, like, Midwest uh, 80s and early 90s death metal bands in that song. But it's, like... That song is just kind of lamenting, like, what death metal and what these fucking losers think it is nowadays, you know? All these fucking, like, hardcore bros that used to be fucking, you know, straight-edge hardcore dudes, like, now death metal's a big fucking trend and everybody wants to be fucking old-school death metal, but, like, they don't get it, you know? They don't, yeah. they don't really understand, like... That you can't fucking fake being a sick freak, you know. Right. You can't like just take your. You can't take yeah. your like logo those from fucking being assholes like, that were at the You can't take your logo from courts. being like a straight up like clean logo to just being like drippy and fucking. Now you're a death metal fucking band. Well, yeah. there's like you these douchebags that were at the fucking cannabis corpse show that you guys oh. played that were fucking yeah. getting on my nerves when you guys were playing, dude. They were fucking young kids and they all walked in. They were all wearing like old school, just straight the logo of the death metal band shirts what fucking the one dude was wearing a strip was entombed entombed in the yeah straight. i don't know man but, but they, they were they being just straight like they, ass like asshole young like punk kids like the whole every the whole show yeah like they were like elitist but it's like you need to be like knighted. over 17 you need to be knighted to be an elitist <laughs> you need motherfucker. To be over 17 like, years old fuck you i'm 35 dude i fucking seen cannibal corpse in like 1999 dude like what? Who are you, man? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to sound like I'm cool because I'm not. But <sighs> what the fuck? It's easy to be like that when you're young and you're really trying to fucking fit in. And like, of course, you know, I get it, man. Like, 
I'm sure Van's like, you know, I'm fucking older now. I've been doing this a long time. I'm sure Van's like fucking acid witch and shit fucker. You know, people can fucking take easy shots at it if they want. But at the end of the day, you know, I've seen a lot of motherfuckers come and go. So it's just like any, whatever, dude. It's like be around for a while and we'll see what happens. Because, man, like I'll tell you what. It's like that fucking filth song. If you guys are familiar with filth, you know, the yeah. list is hundreds long, man. The list is thousands long of just people who were fucking all about it for like, oh, dude, like I'm, I'm all about punk or metal. And then it's like, where are these people now, man? I've seen thousands of these people come and go through Detroit and through my life in the years. And like I can count probably in one hand the amount of people that I've known who've like kind of stayed true to who they are over, you know, in punk and metal in this city over a course of, you know, a good period of time. And so, you know, whatever, dude, like fuck those kids. Cause honestly, you'll probably never even see those fucking turds. Again. Fuck no, dude. My whole I thought, so. my thought on those kids, as I told you on the way home was their kids who they were young enough to where that they got into death metal. And to them, if it's not death metal, right. That it doesn't mean shit. Right. Once they get past that stage, they're going to realize that there was a bunch of shit that they actually missed out on that was fucking legit. Yeah. You can't exist like that. Like, I don't think that's even a sustainable uh, mentality to have in life. Because if you're a true fucking weirdo and you're a true fan of weird music and weirdness in general and just, like, crazy stuff, like... You can't just be into one subgenre of no. music. There's too much out there. I mean, I feel like I know a lot about fucking weird music. Like, I have actively sought it out for fucking 25 years now at this point in my life. I'm about to be 38. And I still fucking find mind-blowing, incredible shit yeah. all the time that I've fucking never been hit to before, yeah. you know? There's so much out there, and to limit yourself and be like, I'm only an old-school death metal guy, or I'm only a fucking pogo punk, or I'm only a cruster, or I'm only a grinder, or I'm only into fucking hip-hop or whatever. I just, I, I don't get it, man. I like fucking so much different shit, you know? And the older I get... The weirder I get, you know? Dude, I know at this point, like, because me and Steve will talk, and he even says, like, you're into a lot of, like, different subgenres of stuff. But I know there's still shit that I haven't found yet that I really fucking dig. Yeah. That I just haven't fucking heard yet. Yeah. A wholly different fucking, like, category of shit. Yep. But I'm down, like, I don't fucking, like, pull up random stuff here and there, and I don't do it as much as I used to, which is kind of, it kind of bums me out. I used to fucking constantly scour and dig. And just find stuff. Yeah. Just find bands that I never heard of before, and and I don't do it as much as I used to, and that's my my fault. But I know there's stuff that I I haven't even heard yet, just genre wise. Yeah. That I'd hear now and yeah. like, fuck, where the hell's this been? Right. I mean, I I've, I've never been a jazz guy. I've never fucking really like jazz music, but lately. I've kind of been like getting into that. Like been hearing stuff like Roy Ayers and Yusuf Latif and uh, Dorothy Ashby and Alice Coltrane and all this crazy like just super psychedelic fucking intense like mathematic just fucking trippy scary crazy jazz music. You right know? on. 
like and stuff like a lot of jazz music like the Roy Ayers stuff dude it sounds like 70s exploitation funk like shit you'd hear in you know uh, you know Pam Greer movie or yeah Fred like Williams coffee movie. or something yeah exactly yeah. and it's it's cool man I love it like I'll jam that shit lately and like I've never liked jazz before and all of a sudden this whole world of like this whole genre of music's opened up to me and I'm like holy shit there's all this fucking cool weird underground shit like that's like totally counterculture too it's kind of like in a way very subversive and very almost like the same mentality of like punk and shit and i'm like right all this time man completely overlooked that because i was like fuck jazz you know but it's crazy man you get older and things all kind of start to coalesce i guess right on yeah you start fucking like almost like leaning back on your your views a little bit or your yeah. fucking blinders yeah. start opening a little yeah, bit for sure yeah. like you're not just you're not just looking at fucking like underground punk bands or underground metal bands or whatever you're fucking finally starting to like accept other shit or yeah. just give it a shot See, my thing is that as i got older before we get into the movies mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about is talk radio dude i don't know why at the older i got like talk radio just blew my mind i'm like <laughs> fucking okay like i still fucking listen to music they whatever man but like talk radio i'm like okay that's pretty cool dude dude i know where we are we are an hour in but there was one other thing i wanted to touch okay on. oh that's cool shit fucker you guys sent that new record to mastering right you guys are mastering the new record yeah it should be getting mastered um i think it's gonna be mastered by noel buchanan who mastered uh and i think he did like the last two midnight records um nice shocks of violence and uh fuck why am i uh was it uh Oh, why am I drawing a blank now on the last full length? Satanic Royalty? No, the uh, the newest full length with the fucking lesbian girls scissoring. Oh, the two girls, yeah. Oh, I cannot remember the name of that one, actually. I don't remember the name right now, but yeah, he did that, and uh, he works out of the same studio. We recorded it with uh, Sean Vanek, who's better known as Commander Vanek, live guitar player in Midnight, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, with he recorded most of it and then uh also kind of had jamie athenar walters of midnight there just kind of helped produce it a little bit and nice you know helped us out so yeah that that should be done hopefully soon we had a lot of setbacks with that album there's one point where uh Sean dropped a computer and broke his computer, and mm. all our like mixing settings got lost. So we had to like. Shit. Oh. One of the reasons why it's taken so long is we had to go back and basically like remix all these fucking raw tracks from scratch after we already had it mixed. So yeah, because what was that? Uh, two or three years ago, when you did the final assault show with the Dutons and all that, that you played nothing but new. Oh yeah. New shit, fucker. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a while. I mean, the album's been written for a long time. All that stuff goes back to writing with Charlie when he was still in the band. Yeah, I, I honestly can't wait for that because when I first like became hip to actually like the Detroit scene and things outside of the Token Lounge, basically, uh, Shitfucker was like one of the first bands. Yeah, 
you turned me on to them and i actually got to see you guys once and you guys just fucking melted my face off you guys are so good dude well i mean it's hard not to get your face melted by uh dicks dicks uh, dick <laughs> dicks dick <laughs> it's pretty it's face just, melting it's out there it's naked it's covered by a small thong and it's you know it's, yeah he's like as the years went on he's gotten like more and more naked yeah I never knew he could shred bass like that, dude. Once I think once he did it, he couldn't stop. You know? Yeah. Once he like, because the fans want it. You know, like people, if they see a shit fucker showing dick has pants on now, they feel like they got ripped off. Oh yeah. You know? Well, there it is. Like dude, Gigi Allen, if Gigi doesn't. It's like I remember the shit fucker shows when Dick had pants and boots on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fucking. But yeah, man. Um, I hope it's it's cool that we use a shit fucker song as our intro. Yeah, when he gets back from taking a piss, I'm probably gonna touch on that before we get into the movies too. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> we've been doing that since the inception of this. Dude, my initial thought for that was let's use this for now because I feel it's a it it plays well as an intro, right? For the chunk that we use, mm-hmm. and then. Either I will make something or I will get somebody to make something. And it just hasn't happened yet. No, yeah, we should ask him. (laughs) Are you cool with the fact that we use fucking uh, Shitfucker song for our intro? Yeah, I do. Because I don't know if I even noticed that. What song? Uh, Smash Your Skull. Yeah. That's a good one. I felt it played every well as an intro. Every single episode. Every single my, episode. My initial thought was, let's use this for now. It plays well as an intro. And I will either make something myself or I'll like outsource it and have somebody make us a fucking intro. Yeah. We haven't I, mean, done I don't it yet. care. I fucking do it. Up. I think, you know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty cool about all that stuff. I don't really get too anal about like people using stuff or songs or whatever um i guess that's maybe the old diy punk rock uh upbringing you know because everyone i mean really everyone in acid witch and shitfucker grew up as punks except for mike mike's the only one who was like more of you know probably listening to the fucking pantera and pounding weights in the weight room but even him though even but, uh, the, even though he still has almost that same attitude though where he's like oh fucking whatever well yeah I, mike's somebody i think that's kind of come around you know we've had conversations about this before where he's like i used to hate punk and stuff and i was like well i used to hate metal when i was in high school kind of grew up with metal when i was younger but by the time i was in high school i was you know fucking thought metal was fat and bloated and fucking yeah. unnecessary. And like we've both kind of met in the middle now, you know, Mike thought punk was tuneless and shitty and fucking badly played by fucking idiot musicians. <laughs> but now, you know, we, we see eye to eye a little bit more and it's all good. But yeah, I don't know. I'm cool, man. If people want to use some stuff like that, you know, every once in a while, people will take liberties with stuff, and it'll kind of bother me. But for the most part, I'm pretty cool. You know. All right, so you're cool with us using. <laughs> it's cool. All Dude, right, we cool. make zero cash off of it. And yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, own thought process was, let's use this chip fucker song, Detroit band, and let's finish it with, because we finish it with Slasher Dave. Yes. Uh, which song is that? Graves. 
Graves? Yeah. Now, Slasher Dave was telling me the other day that uh, he's working on a lawsuit against you guys. Oh, he's, fucker. I'm going to get him a yeah. gotta, Shit. We got to get some lawyers, Steve. I know. He I got to fucking that. sell more windows. He called Sam Bernstein, so you guys better oh, watch out. Fuck. Dude, we got to get uh, some. We, we, he got Sam's dad. We'll get fucking the blind Sam. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll get that guy. Dick actually knows. Uh, the blind Bernstein, Richard Bernstein. He used, Richard? Yeah, he used to come into his work sometimes and <laughs> really? get sandwiches from Dick. So Cool. There it is. There's our defense. Yeah. Sam Bernstein against Richard Bernstein. Two Jews. Slasher Dave against Burn Offerings. We're going to fucking turn them against each other. Bernstein versus Bernstein. Yeah. We, we can uh, bring Dick in as a witness somehow in the court and maybe in his sex man outfit. That'd yes. Be killer. Yeah. Yes. That'd be the equivalent of D. Schneider coming in with John yeah. Denver. Good show. You know what I mean? Like fucking, let's do it. All right. All right. Anyway, we are an hour in, and we are now just getting to the movies. Hugh Gallagher. Fuck it. Hugh Gallagher. That's right. We're gonna be talking about the trilogy. The Gore trilogy. Hugh Gallagher's Gore trilogy. Classic. Yeah. Gore trilogy. I am. Three stumped. films. Yep. As said with trilogy. Yep. Goreasm, Gorotica, Gore Horror. Yep. 90, 93, 94, respectively. Yes. And uh, I'm really glad that I watched these movies today. <laughs> I crammed them all in just for this episode. So my brain was basically soup when I got over here. Yeah. But it was worth it. Yeah. And fucking, I'm glad that, you know, we chose these movies for this episode because. I thought they were fucking awesome. So, uh, I don't have many notes. There's not like, I mean, there's not a lot of notes to make on these movies. Um, I even, I don't know. I guess if you've, uh, was it the Playgore magazine that got released? They like kind of like goes over all three of them. I have it. Never read through it. Well, I've read through it like years ago. Right. Yeah. I haven't reread through it. But other than that, there's not really many notes on this fucking movie. There's nothing like crazy that fucking happened. There's it was basically a dude who wanted to make a movie. And that kinda how this all three of them went. The, the one thing part. I wanted to say was the actor Rick uh was uncredited in Rick. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Rick Billick. Yep. And uh Night of the Living Dead nineteen ninety. Okay, the Tom Savini one? Yes. He was the door zombie. The guy that was, like, pounding uh, on the door. Yeah, he's uncredited in that one, too. That makes sense, because I know he's in the John Russo directed, who John Russo wrote the screenplay mm -hmm. for Night of the Living Dead, and uh, also was one of the executive producers on the Tom Savini remake. One of Rick Billock's other starring roles was in the movie Flesh Eater. Flesh Eater. John Russo directed zombie pick, which is, I mean, it's a steaming pile of fucking shit, but <laughs> it's a pretty good party movie. I've definitely watched Flesh Eater with uh, other people in the room, and it's a pretty good movie to riff on. So it's pretty good, man. I'll give Flesh Eater, you know, dude. I feel like a couple thumbs up from that standpoint. There are so many movies that I like that are basically just like, oh, this is a great movie to watch with a bunch of people around drinking beers. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, Mike yeah. had a uh, Mike had a uh, saying for that. Um, well, I, I don't remember. He was on our episode. Do you like, think I remember? No, I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, Power Time movie. Power Time. <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Power Time movie. I don't know if I would consider any of the Gore Trilogy Power Time movies. Power Time movies are a little bit more uh, action-based, like, say, something like The Blood of Heroes or... Blood uh, Kiss. Uh... Yeah. That shit fucking drags. Blood Kiss is an amazing <laughs> movie. <laughs> but uh, opinions vary. It was a tough fun. watch. Yeah. It was it's, a tough watch. It's the most amazing movie with the shittiest hey, Eddie man, tattoo ever. That guy's got a fucking candle mask tattoo. He does. Well. Yeah, that's true story. Wait, does he have a candle mask with the maiden tattoo? Yes, he's yeah. got the fucking maiden and he's got a candle mask tattoo. Fuck, yeah. I missed the candle mask tattoo. Yeah. The dude in the hot tub. Yeah. Too yeah. busy watching two and a half hours of an SOV movie. Yeah. Yeah. Blood Kiss, I don't own. I wish I did. I just, I'm on the lookout. But yeah, Power Time's more like Trancers, man. Trancers is a good Power Time movie. Little, you know, P- Power Time comes out of all those uh, Lansing dudes like Vic Ruiz and Matt from Wastelander. They uh, used to fucking watch a lot of these, you know, shitty action and sci-fi movies and shit, and that's kind of definition of a power time movie. Anything with Roddy Piper in it, you know. (laughs) Put on the glasses. That's right. Yeah. What was that buddy cop movie that he made? Oh, um... Piper? Yeah, Piper. He was a cop and Oh fuck with uh <clears throat> yeah. Billy Blanks. Yeah, Billy Blanks. Uh, other dude. Shut the fuck up. Dude. Piper's in a movie with Billy Blanks? Yeah, it's an action movie and yeah, they I both got guns on the cover and shit. <sighs> you know what I'm talking I about, do. Tim. I can't think of the title right now. That movie's rough city, dude. <laughs> so rough city. Okay, Undefeatable. Is that a power time movie? With uh Cynthia, Cynthia Rothrock. Rothrock. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Okay. Anything, uh, if it's got, you know, fighting, karate, that's ninjas, or some sort of futuristic dystopian, like, battle sport. Samurai <laughs> Cop. Oh, yeah. Arena. Sa- Arena's good. Samurai Samurai Cop could fall into the, you know, party time. Uh, power, power time. Power time. Yeah. <laughs> it confused my Return of Living Dead there. <laughs> power time. Yeah. yeah, the Gore trilogy. Yeah, let's get back, back into to, that. You know, starts off with Gorgasm. These movies are too depressing and loner to be Power Time. Like these Power Time movies are like movies you watch with your friends and drink. These movies are like movies you watch by yourself while you like masturbate and cut yourself. With your <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, you know, dude. Honestly, if you're watching these movies when these movies came out and you're like. 14, 15 years old, there's definitely enough there to get you to masturbate. Oh, shoot. I'm 38 years old, and there's enough there to get me to masturbate, dude. (laughs) (laughs) The first fucking, the first five minutes of Gorgasm, that chick's hot, kind of. Um, Gabriella. Yeah, Gabriella. The, the Gabriella. The Gabriella who did a bunch of anal porn. Did not know that. You know, I might have to dispute that because I did look on her IMDb. 
And I did see she has credited to her name many anal porn videos. She does. But I have to question whether that's the same Gabriella. Because Gabriella's kind of a, you know, uh, generic name, obviously. Yeah. It, it is. is. I wonder about that. Because, uh, maybe. We'll see. i got to track down, you know. <laughs> track them down, do some research. Yeah, we got to do some research. Well, yeah. yeah, anal sperm lord. Five. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> the one. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking anal sperm fucking lords or some shit like that. Oh, God. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if this is the same chick. Because I do know um, her other, she was like a, more like an Easy Riders type. Biker, biker magazine, softcore. fucking yeah, yeah. She was like a biker and softcore mag uh, model, and I think that's how she kind of got involved in the in the movie. But I know a lot of the uh, Hugh Gallagher stuff was really the casting. I think uh, came from Donald Farmer of mm-hmm. uh, you know Demon Queen and Cannibal Hookers and uh, Savage Vengeance among others. I think uh, Donald Farmer served as like a PA on a bunch of the movies. And yeah, at least on uh, Gorotica, he was a PA on. Yeah, I know he casted uh, Getty Chesan. I don't know how you say her name. The lead girl from Gorotica. I know that she got cast through a Donald Farmer connection with Hugh Gallagher. Oh yeah, she's probably. Uh, of the three like main females from each film, I, I don't know. I've always had kind of a fucking soft spot for her from Gorotica, Getty Chase on or whatever. She's like she's like the type of girl that like you could see like she probably was into some weird shit like punk or like goth or metal and it's like just yeah, real like one of yeah, just like, like one of those three real yeah. feel girl you could like see yourself hanging out with or like hanging out with your group of friends just a total fucking maniac she yeah. just happened to be like yeah i'll do this fucking movie yeah like oh you need fucking tons of full frontal nudity and like i need to i get to whip somebody yeah, all right cool i get to whip like a gay asian vampire with aids like so I can do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Press like? hard. There's three copies. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the first one. Gorgasm. Gorgasm. Yes. This movie, pretty awesome. Uh, second favorite of mine. I out love of the this three. Movie. I love this movie. Oh. And it uh, featured the dude from Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I got. What do you got, Tim? Well, Gorgasm is the first of the trilogy, 1990. Um, back it up a little bit. I guess, you know, to go into Hugh Gallagher's background, um, obviously he <clears throat> was the uh, editor and publisher of Draculina magazine. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, which... Uh, do you, own, do you own any of those? I do, yeah. I own none. I'm actually kind of bummed that I have zero copies of that fucking magazine. Well, to be honest, Hugh Gallagher was at a Wasteland a few years ago. Probably three or four years ago, he was at Wasteland, and he wasn't announced guest. I don't know why he was there or whatever. Was he just fucking like walking around? 
Pretty much. Did I fucking miss him? He was at uh he was like at a booth and he had a bunch of Draculinas for sale. Like I don't know, it was kind of over by where like Kitley's crypt is, if you know, like if you're in the uh, Strongsville Holiday Inn's dealer room, yeah. you kind of come in through the main doors and go to your left and go right down the left side wall. He was over there, and I can't remember. I never would have known it was him. Someone hit me to him. I don't know if it was Lewis from Masker Video or somebody with there like, hey, that's Hugh Gallagher. So I went over there and like introduced myself and told him that uh, I'd done a couple paintings you know, for mongrel video, for his films and stuff and whatnot. And, like, he was, like, he was nice enough, but kind of not the uh, friendliest dude I've ever met in terms of, like, talking about his work. But, uh, yeah, like, he was cool. and But he had a, make a long story short, he had a bunch of old issues of Draculina, and I bought a bunch of them from him there. But... I don't... I'll, every issue I have is some more, like, mid-90s stuff that, like, has to do with, like, Scream Queens and yeah. the full-color cover ones. I know he's got, like, a shit ton of issues before that from, like, the late 80s and shit that are more fanzine style that um, have, like, Draculina the comic, where, like, Draculina, I guess, is, uh, like, a Vampirella-type yeah. character. Those are the fucking real rare ones that I've never seen. I don't really know anyone who's got issues with those. I don't know anybody who has those. Yeah. Or at least anybody I've talked to. I'm sure they're amazing. But, yeah, I'd love to find some of the early Draculine issues where it was still, like, half comic, half, like, horror movie shit. Yeah. Because, I mean, when it was, like, the stuff he he touched on movie-wise, it was all, like, low budget super SOV stuff. Yeah. And that pretty much carried on through yeah. the nineties. It I was mean, it was sleazy, it was fucking SOV. I will say that about great. Draculino, you read it and it's like covers the bottom of the barrel. Like it truly is, you know, like a SOV trade publication. But yeah, he I mean he'd cover shit that nobody else is covering, like Jim Van Bever films and stuff like that and I know I was reading uh, uh, sheets and like all this SOB <clears throat> stuff that was coming out. I mean, you never hear about that shit in fucking Fangoria or yeah. Zone or anything. I was reading an interview or uh, write up, uh, and I think it was Tim Ritter said like he reached out to he wants to do write up on Tim Ritter, and he's yeah. like, yeah, it ended up being like a full like couple page interview. He's like, and I was listed on the cover. He's like, for me, for like being like only two yeah. films in, he's like that was fucking huge. He's like nobody was talking about this yeah 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 i mean i think draculina's it's a pretty important magazine in terms of that and pretty important you know and it's one of those things i mean hate to say it but like the hugh gallagher stuff fucking flies under the radar people don't give this dude any credit does everybody's you know all about these horror reprints of you know Fangoria and Gorezone and you know rebooting Chaz Balin shit, which in my opinion doesn't need to be done. But yeah, like Draculina, man, great, great stuff and covered shit that nobody else is willing to touch. Yeah, it was such an it was, but it it it's like a niche. Yeah, because it was like a niche field. 
all that stuff is niche, and I mean that's the stuff. Honestly, I, a lot of the stuff that I love now and collect is stuff like that, like uh, like Donald Farmer '90s movies or like yeah. his Danny Fenley movies, shit like Vicious Kiss and uh, Demolition Highway, and these like shitty like Skinamax. HBO softcore, <laughs> like straight to video, just oddball fucking shit, you know, that, you know, pseudo softcore porn type stuff, but that's the stuff that, you know, I kind of look for nowadays at conventions. But, uh, yeah, like, it's great, man. And if you want to find that stuff or kind of. Look back at any history or info on it. Draculina's kind of the magazine to go to. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I'm probably I might be missing fucking some publications that I don't know about. But in my opinion, if, if you want to really read about SOV films from like late '80s into the '90s, Draculina's like ground zero. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dude deserves a little bit more credit for how hard he worked. It seemed like he fucking busted his ass. I know, you know, um, he was publishing other titles too, like, uh, oh, the fucking, there's like, or one was like all about Asian, like Oriental cinema. It's all about like Asians. Oh, oh shit. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, and he did like that, uh, Scream Queens magazine too. That was Scream Queens illustrated or whatever. Yeah. Dude, it's seriously, it's pissing me off that I can't remember the one you're talking about. Where it's like all about Asian cinema. Yeah, it's I know like you're talking about something. Drawing a fucking blank, but yeah, I mean, dude was publishing a bunch of titles, comics, weirdo shit, and yeah, I know he had uh, distribution through Fantico mm-hmm. at one point. And I believe he got it pulled because people were complaining that. Uh, magazines had nudity in it and we're like this is pornography where it's like my eight-year-old little jimmy like here's a fucking copy of gore zone it's fucking fine like why don't you go read up on all the latest blood and guts but little timmy can't see fucking titties (laughs) oh you're gonna disembowel okay that's cool yeah like tits no (laughs) why don't you see about the uh you know the new Child's Play movie, but don't look at fucking some Skaggs fucking tits in a fucking sleazy ass magazine. There's <laughs> a problem with America overall. You know, like America accepts fucking violence that we shouldn't accept, but you can't look at tits. It's mm. almost like reversed of what Europe is. Yeah. Europe's always been like like every European director, like horror wise, it's they've always been like, well, this is the the like nudity and shit, that's just standard. The sleeve yeah. stuff, that's standard here. We have to fucking like really rethink how we do shit if we want to get released in America. Yeah. Because the normal nudity shit that is everyday life over here is not gonna pass over there. Yeah. But we can do gory shit left and right and they're not even gonna bat an eye. It's yeah. fucking like to me. That's always been fucking weird. It's pretty crazy when you really think about it, man. Like, what's more corrupting to a society and a culture? 
probably the desensitization of violence is probably more harmful than you know. Yeah, well, because you can you could try to protect your kids from seeing like some like chicks tits out. By the time they get to a certain age, they're just gonna be able to see chicks tits no matter what. Yeah, and it's gonna be fine. That's part of their fucking life. You're gonna see your wife's tits. Like they might even be a chick. That has tits. You know what I'm saying? There it they is. have a daughter. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's fucking backwards. But then again, it's like, how many school shootings are there in Europe nowadays? I mean, I don't know. Probably not a lot. And every other week you hear about some fucking school shooting nowadays. It's because, like, America fucking force feeds people the fucking violence, you know? Just... Force feed people sex. Sex is a lot safer. Yeah. Yeah, it's less painful. <laughs> Some, uh, I mean, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, it sucks is, like, I'd rather take a movie that has, like, the sex edited out and I can see the gore. But it's always vice versa. Yeah. Or yeah, actually, not even vice versa. It's like both. If the sex is edited out, also the gore is edited out. In America, anyway. Yeah. When they edit both out... I'm not interested. It, they always edit fucking both out, especially if you're catching like some fucking like marathon, like Friday Thirteenth rolls around, and we get to find a station who finally decides we're gonna show like one through eight. Let's just show them the gore and the fucking nudies edited out of those yeah, movies. It is, but it was like that on USA back in the day, and we were like cool with it. So we were fucking kids. <laughs> Up all night, <laughs> Ron the sheer, take what you can get. Yeah. 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 But uh, Gorgasm was a a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, Gorgasm's pretty awesome. I mean, it's hard for me to uh, pick a favorite out of the three. Tend to go back and forth, but Gorgasm, I think, is um, maybe the most psychedelic of the three. It is, and it's, I thought it had the most solid plot too. Yeah, there's definitely like our most original plot. Yeah, it probably. I, I agree with that. It also has the most, uh, probably the best writing in terms of like it being some sort of a weird philosophical rumination on life and violence. Like some of the so- soliloquies in the very beginning where he's like <laughs> talking about, uh, like. He went to school. Fucking smoking a cigarette in front of the camera. Yeah, but when he's like, oh, it's all like, they say, you know, they made us in God's graven image, but everyone oh, gotcha. knows that fucking asshole, like, is, you know, I think that yeah. whoever runs the world is a fucking asshole. You know? Right. Like, there's a little bit more of this, like, almost like George Carlin kind of social commentary in that movie than in the other two. Like, you can tell that. Hugh Gallagher is adding a little bit more uh, of his maybe personal feelings, I would assume, yeah. into that film than the other two, which are maybe a little bit more just like I don't I don't get the sense that there's like as much opinion in those. Films no, the first one definitely has yeah. that. I feel like the first one out of the three has the more like straightforward. This is like it's it's the writing of it and the way it plays out is. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yes. And it's the most straightforward 
on par with all the other like SOV films of that era. Yeah. Like it fits in like it pretty pretty much could just slide in with all the rest of them. The way the writing is, the way even the acting is, and everything in that movie, it just fits with all the other SOV films that came out in that time frame. It's pretty well done for an SOV film. It I thought it was pretty good, and I'd still say that it probably looks the best out of his three films. Um, it feels the most like a film, the most like a film that's actually shot on film. Maybe I feel like mm-hmm. the acting's probably the best. I mean, out of the three films, Rick Billock's probably the only guy in any of the movies that could actually act. Right. I feel like. Um, you know, Gabriella as the uh, murderous Tara might also be the, uh, I guess in conventional sense, might be the best looking woman he was able to procure for the three films. You know, she. I agree. She definitely looks the most like conventional nudie mag model type chick. Right. Um, I guess. The movie was advertised as being full frontal, too, and she was supposed to be full frontal in Gorgasm, but backed out when uh, she was on her period during the Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why Gorgasm actually doesn't have any full frontal shots of her because she respectfully declined at that time of the month. Oh, yeah, well. It's cool the director, you know understood yeah yeah not like uh you know david lynch yeah who lynch would be like let that tampon string loose <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it's like what the fuck man but uh yeah. yeah this one had the most solid plot um the same before i was catching what you guys were saying before i went to grab some beers how much do you think the fucking lingerie budget for that movie was? Since you oh, cut shit. every piece of lingerie off for no It's probably expensive reason. That shit ain't cheap, man. You go to Lover's Lane, those fucking mm-hmm. leather teddies, that you ain't getting out of there without dropping a hundo at least. Yeah, yeah. But maybe back in the day she had some connections or something. Yeah. My old lady used to work at Lover's Lane for a while, and she tells me that they definitely... Uh, fucking ripped people off yeah that shit's expensive yeah yeah but i mean i guess you can make up on your lingerie budget by uh also shooting on svhs you know true story yeah that's true (laughs) you got a five thousand dollar budget yeah sov spend four thousand on fucking lingerie there you go yeah dude fucking every every scene she came into like she's just dancing yeah and then just for no reason, like takes pulls out a fucking Bowie knife and just like slights the fucking like. The best though, the what? best though was the end when she had the machete holster. Oh yeah. oh yeah. That was fucking pissed, dude. I was like, okay, she means business. She had like a bikini top on and a fucking leather crocodile Dundee <laughs> fucking holster with a machete. I mean, she's the real deal. If you wanna face the ultimate climax if you want to experience the ultimate climax you need to fucking put a classified ad in the fucking paper <laughs> with no number and then she'll contact you yeah so, that's the ultimate climax <laughs> that's like when you, that's some underground shit that's like the Wustenfeld Maneater if you know about that dude in Germany mm, who yeah. put the uh the ad in the paper for a man to uh, 
cannibalize him and the dude responded and fucking did it came over and fucking ate this murdered him and ate him and fucking ate his penis and shit while he was still alive and watched that's you know there's the the crazy thing is is like there's fucking people out there like oh for sure that's why i love the gore trilogy from hugh gallagher so much it's like i love this idea of this world on the fucking edge of everything else like where this seedy fucking sex and drugs and like murder fucking meat and all three of the films kind of feel like that like they feel like he wasn't making a film like he was just like found a bunch of fucking sleazy drug addicts and prostitutes to fucking act for his films you know right well that's the thing though like fucking especially back then like before internet became like as big as it was even before it i mean whatever it was back then you still had that like weird fucking like on the edge like ads and fucking like weird ass fucking zines that's how you fucking pass your shit around yeah like you can tape trading yeah back that, in the that day. shit doesn't fucking you i mean i i'm sure that stuff still exists to this day in some weird fucking niche but back then that was like fucking you stumble across some like weird ass fucking shit yeah yeah, yeah i mean the hugh gallagher stuff kind of reminds me of the jim van Bever stuff in terms of like it feels like they were getting real like punks and like counterculture people to be in the films like, yeah true story especially Gorotica, you see it I oh mean, definitely the, the main dude or like the kid who swallows the diamond and dies and becomes the uh the corpse that everybody <laughs> desires like that dude has an Econo Christ shirt on. Is that what that shirt was? Yeah, I'm dude, sure I fucking tried Christ. reading that shirt, and yeah. I feel like I'm like, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what that says. I'm about 99 percent sure it's an Econo Christ shirt. That's awesome. And the other dude, his friend has some other punk shirt on too, and like a leather jacket. But I've mm-hmm. not been able to figure out. I have not been able to figure that one out. Is, hmm. yeah. But it's you know, it seems like the two main guys and the main girl uh, who plays Carrie. Uh, Getty Chase on like she also seems like she you could see her at fucking City Club on exactly. Saturday night at you mm-hmm. know yeah Saturday night in 1994 downtown <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking like little X electric tapes oh, over her nipples real, yeah working at the she was fucking there. Terror Town Haunted House at Four Bears Water Park man <laughs> with the electrical tapes over her nipples that's my fucking childhood <laughs> <laughs> little side note that was cool that you called out jc's and warren at that fucking cannabis corpse show jc's uh, is our childhood well man. the the mutilation mansion that song is about a specific haunted house that the warren jc's used to do called mutilation mansion really yeah didn't know that we went to the taylor one yeah it was no. not called the Mutilation Mansion. No, it was just called JC's Haunted Trailer. <laughs> it was probably good, though, wasn't it, man? Because it was fucking awesome. Sometimes I went in twice. Yeah. I paid twice to go through. It was good. I have uh, I used to get pretty good at going through a haunted house and getting right to the end and then fucking not leaving but going back through the other way and, like, coming back through and like that was my, that's fucking amazing was younger that was my trick i would just like walk back and forth a couple times until i felt like i had my fill 
Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> but JC's was definitely the fucking place to be in JC's, October. JC's, yeah. Trailer haunted houses, you don't get those anymore because of fire hazards. I don't think you can do the old trailer houses, but those are always fucking bad. It was like it was like that's, four trailers linked together. That's honestly, that's my childhood. Yeah, me I too. remember that's I remember that the most. Mm-hmm. Like fucking like four or five different fucking uh semi trailers connected up yep. and like some weird fucking different spray painted ghosts whatever, yeah, and graveyards on it and shit and go through fucking spray paint some fucking scene yep. be all fucking creepy uh, you get some fucking kids in masks jumping out of you yeah good times man and when you're a kid you don't really think of the logistics of okay it's a fucking trailer no so it's only x amount wide but you hear people pounding shit with hammers yeah. and shit, and you're like, oh, it's about to get real. Yeah. As a kid, dude, that shit fucking freaks you out. Yeah, it does. As, a, as like, older, you're like, okay, it's a trailer. It's only X amount wide. Yeah. It goes back this maybe this far. All right. Yeah. yeah fuck it. I'm good. <laughs> but um, the second one, Gorotica, yeah, is my favorite out of the three. Mostly because of the two punk dudes and... The main chicks seemed like legit. They were into what they portrayed to be into. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I thought it was like authentic. When I first saw that, when I first went into watching Gorotica, I thought going into it that that was going to be my favorite because of that. Because you fucking see the punk kids. Yeah. And I'm like, it's probably going to be my favorite fucking one out of the three. And it wasn't like I like the movie. Like it starts off. But it's man, not my favorite out of the. The three. way it starts off though, they're like drinking and shit, and they're like in an alley, yeah. and he just swallows a diamond, and he's like, "Once I take a huge shit, we're good to go. We're man. good to go. It's a it's a done deal." And then like a cop shows up, and then they shoot each other, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" But just the way it starts off. Honestly, if this movie was cool as fuck, yeah. I will say if this movie had so it's a unique plot, like the whole fucking It's kind of cool. It's not what you expect at all. It's almost like a weird crime caper mixed with yeah. This fucking bizarre necrophiliac movie. Yeah, yeah. And the way they mixed the two together. For me, like, if this movie had just like kind of cool, you know, how they did that. If this had like a little bit more gore to it, I probably would have liked it actually probably a lot more but it was like wait it was like so much story no gore even though it was that like weird ass fucking like necrophiliac fucking like vampire dude with fucking aids and fucking stealing dead bodies and my whole thing that was, shit was fucking cool the ending of this movie was fucking was cool. grim as fuck the ending but my whole thing was like with this one was like the main dude was doing all this fucking crazy stupid absurd shit for his friend he's like and then when he's hitchhiking he's like dude i'm doing all this shit for my fucking friend i don't even like this motherfucker anymore kind of like uh (laughs) river's edge in a way if you're familiar with that movie the river's edge yeah keanu reeves crispin glover no man check that out man if you want to see a good uh movie about some like Young, uh, young Keanu Reeves, one of his first film roles, and uh, young Crispin Glover, fucking metalheads. But yeah, River's Edge. I'll check it out. Yeah, but it's just the, legit. the fact that he was like, I don't even like this motherfucker anymore. 
you know, and then like the price kept going down from twenty five thousand to fucking. Dude, it just started going down real. from it's like, like oh my god, two hundred and some thousand to like twenty five thousand. Five thousand. Oh, I was only able to get five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> it gets to the point where he fucking douses himself in gasoline and fucking mouthwash and waits for the fucking. I thought it was yeah. aftershave. Oh, or aftershave or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he he basically plays like she's showing up. Diamond. We're all dying. Show up and burn this <laughs> fucking both alive. Killing us all. But the cool thing <laughs> is the cool the the best part about it is at the end when he's like. She's like, I could only get you five thousand. I ran into some problems. He's like, I was afraid you were gonna say that. Do you have a light? Yeah, yep. he knew. <laughs> you know? He knew what he, he was fucking doing. He was like, he's like, I'm done with this shit. He's like, I've been through. I've seen. I've done. I'm done. I've reached done. into my friend's stomach and retrieved this fucking diamond. Here, have some guts. <laughs> I'm here. Once you, know? you watch an Asian dude with AIDS. But fuck your friend. Well, he gets whipped, whipped. by the dominatrix. <laughs> dude, that's what. <laughs> He's before like, you okay. got here, me and Steve were talking about that. Like, dude, he was fucking that corpse while he got whipped, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought so. I yeah. was, I was pretty sure that's what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That's this dude yeah. walks in and he's like, oh, okay, I've had enough. Yeah. Like this is fucked up. I'm gonna cut this diamond out and get the fuck out of here, man. Because I've seen it all. But uh, it was my favorite out of the three. But that's the truth, man. Like I've come home some nights and fucking seen some random Asian dude just fucking butt fucking some dude in my living room. <laughs> some other chick fucking whips them, man. Like I ain't even fucking kidding. I'm not gonna name names, but I'll take your word for it, man. You don't need to put anybody on blast, but you know, just fucking. Not a lot of Asian punks around here. Tony Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Fucking A, man. <laughs> Fucking Tony. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gorotica, it's the grittiest, man. It makes you feel like you want to take a shower after watching it. I yeah, think. like when, when it was done, it felt like I washed my hands in rusted chains. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... The end of it. The end of that movie. Or maybe took some shots of gutter water. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that'll do it. The end of that movie gives you that. I feel throughout the movie, like, it's, it's fucked up, but it doesn't really have that feel. But the end of that movie, where he douses himself in gasoline, and it's... Obviously, they don't show anything, but it's just... It leads you to believe, like, yeah, okay, he just lit him fucking self on oh, fire. Yeah. He just yeah. lit that room on fire, killed him and her, because A, she fucked him over, but B, he probably has AIDS now. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, his whole thought process mm-hmm. was, he, he was if I'm not getting any type of money for this, fuck you, you're going to die. It is and kinda, fuck me, I don't want to live with AIDS. It is kind of funny when she's, like, giving the 80, uh, 80s AIDS stereotype to him, and she's like, well, you got AIDS. You got blood in your mouth. Oh, you're so fucked. Yeah, you're so fucked. and like now it's like you. Everyone knows you can't get AIDS that way. You got that open guy. wounds yeah. on your face. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could get AIDS if you got blood directly in your open wounds, but well, his whole face was covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all right, he probably had. And he had open wounds. <laughs> all right, you're right. He definitely had AIDS. Full blown AIDS immediately. 
from the fucking gay Asian vampire. <laughs> Dude, but he cared enough about strongest his... AIDS strain. <laughs> the gay Asian vampire strain is the strongest strain of AIDS the it's world knows. Scientifically proven to be one of the strongest uh, <laughs> strains of the AIDS virus. Dude, but he cared so much about his punk appearance that he shaved a fresh mohawk before he doused himself in gasoline. Yeah, it is pretty cool how they both, like, shave, you know, they get a little Robert De Niro taxi driver there, but also his dead buddy gets his head shaved to be more sexual with his... Um, yeah, because that chick was like, Yeah, man. she's like, I'm, I want a fucking man with a mohawk. Yeah. Punks. Yeah. Punks are desirable among, uh, amongst chicks who like dead guys. Need a more punk. Like, what's, <laughs> what's hotter than this, you know, deadbeat fucking punk guy? No job. He's fucking dead. Probably smells bad. Probably fucking has a drinking problem. Yeah. Well, she said he started to smell. That is true. That's why they have to take his body to the gay Asian vampire. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, it's, it's the truth of the matter. <laughs> it is. Uh, Gore Horror was the third one. Yes. And this one. This one starts off kind of with a bang. It does. Super skinny, fucking tall chick. Just Some spider dancing. Just letting it loose like she's at a fucking acid rave. Yeah. Yeah, like a Lords of Acid show. <laughs> when I was younger and I heard Lords of Acid yeah. shows, all I ever heard about those shows would all it was was people having sex. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, was I would like young. to go back in time at my age now and go to a Lords of Acid show to see if what I heard was bullshit or not. It's just like one big Caligula. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. It was just like nothing but like everybody there was fucking. Yeah, well, it's probably not true. No. Just a bunch of people on drugs. Shit you hear in your kids way better than reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Gore Horror was uh, pretty rad. 1994. 1994, mm-hmm. the last film in the trilogy. Which keeps us which keeps us as we're going with our podcast of not going past 95. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say that I'm stoked that we didn't succeed 1994 because I don't watch movies past 1994. It's all downhill from there, huh? Yeah, it's just yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't watch anything past 1994. But this one kind of had a reanimator feel to it. Indeed, that was kind of what they're going with. I think she um, does fuck herself with a. Uh, Giant black dildo that also has a like spurt uh, formula. Yeah, a green formula. A green reanimator type formula that she likes to spurt out like a uh, ejaculate. And it, yeah, into um, orifices. Yeah, into her, into her own orifices, into other uh, corpses, orifices, bubbles, and a lot of male butts. There's a lot of male butts penetrated in, in this film. Dude, mm-hmm. the, the scene at the the show, like the, oh, the punk show, yeah. and they're all arguing off, and she just like looks at the camera, like pulling it out and just sticking it in some random dude's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, awesome. All right. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, she's back in town. You're just going to call practice early. Like, she just got here. He's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking go get laid. <laughs> this one I liked the least. This is like but my, it was still good. It's like my second. Really? This is my second. Yeah, this one, I don't know. It was good. But out of the three, it would be my third favorite. Yeah. <clears throat> it's probably the goriest in terms of uh, special effects or multiple uh, dick uh, dick decapitations. <laughs> starts it's, off with a fucking bang with the first yeah, dick decapitation. Yeah, it starts off where she bites that dick off. But uh, my favorite scene is probably when that like random unexplained kid just thinks he's about to jack off in his car happens fall subject to uh, the you know his car uh, gets like flipped over and his yeah, dick gets main, like decapitated decapitation uh, decapitation comes along hits his car and decapitates his dick right into his hand First time I watched this, I'm like, dude, is this like straight? I was like, is this straight up just a scene of this? Is this dude just jerking off? And I'm like, there's no way, like, like, I'm like, I've seen like SOV films that are fucking like kind of sleazy, but there's no fucking way this is just a scene of this dude jerking off. Yeah, but not even ten minutes later, I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, he's gets not rear-ended, car flips, dick off. flips, yeah. dick flies off. <laughs> Wonder about those dicks. Yeah, what happened to them? Yeah, probably I mean, still there, man. Someone's gonna like go to dig up to build a subdivision with like two car garages and three and a half baths, and they're gonna come across a dick. Yep, like a Indian burial ground, poltergeist, but with a dick a, cemetery. Yeah, fake dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like a fucking dick. Cemetery. He moved the head to him. Head to him, so he didn't move the dicks. <laughs> Sometimes that is better. <laughs> the head tells me you didn't move the dicks. <laughs> Thousands of Indian dicks buried here. It's uh, bad juju. <laughs> <laughs> Not on that road. Yeah. Fuck, oh, man. Polder guys four. Fucking. Guys four. Yeah. Poltergeist 4. <laughs> the dickening. The d- the, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this one, uh, what's up with the, with the band? What was up with that band? Were they cool? They got goofy. I mean, that begs the question of, like, what's up with the music in all of these films? Because Pretty that's much. a whole other thing. Yeah, the sex toy about. song was kind of cool. Ooh, I'm your sex toy, and I'm going <laughs> to... That song is kind of cool. Yes. I'm Your Sex Toy yeah. is the fucking clear jammer out of any of the... Uh, all three movies have killer soundtracks. Like, some of them, uh, you know, kind of have, like, this weird budget industrial fucking Nine Inch Nails feel. But oh, yeah. I'm Your Sex Toy from Gorgasm. If Acid Whichever does a Midnight Movies Part 2. Oh, man. I'm Your Sex Toy has to be Do a Midnight sick, Movies dude. Part 2 and yeah. do just super fucking low-budget films. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would fucking buy every copy. I want to do, <laughs> I wanna do uh, Sex Toy by... I looked this up, man. Ooh. Scott Muir. Scott Muir. Yeah, yeah. Scott Muir. Any relation to Mike? So, who knows? <laughs> 
Who knows? <laughs> I like to think so, man. All I needed was a Pepsi. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's what I'm thinking, man. Like, just keep going lower if we do midnight movies. Think fucking midnight movies one went over everybody's head and see if people were worse i saw people's comments on that like oh yeah they cover these songs but you would never expect this band to cover that and i'm like uh if you really paid attention to the fact that they like horror movies you would expect them to cover these songs (laughs) i mean what other band says you know Mentions fucking Lizzie Borden and Fastway. Yeah. A song, you know? All we have is Lizzie Borden or Fastway. Right there. It's right there. Everything's right in front of people to see that coming. But, yeah. I'd also like to cover, if you're familiar with the Canadian movie Things at all. Yes. SOV. Yes. The song uh, Tailspin from that movie would be another great uh, SOV cover. Let's get started on that. I want to hear Sex Toy, though. Yeah. I'm your sex... That's a rocker, man. It is. It's a good one. I'm your sex toy. I'm your your sex toy. Yeah. I'm your man. Yeah, it's a good jam, dude. Yes. I was like, kind of, you know... That was the first one I watched, obviously. Yeah. And uh, that song came on in the intro. Here. I'm like, this is fucking cool. This is awesome. You're kind of sold, man. You know, uh, Gorgasm just starts up and right away, fucking Gabrielle's getting naked and sex toys fucking playing. Yep. That guy's all fucking tied up. Getting cut up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But uh, Gore Horror, yeah. What can I say? Gore Horror probably has the most ambitious plot in terms of like... (laughs) You know, the whole sci-fi aspect of her being this fucking dead street whore who, like, steals the scientist's fucking reanimator juice and shoves it up her fucking pussy hole and, you know, <laughs> right. becomes the, uh, the manic gore whore. Like, this pretty far out shit, you know. It pretty much the, the plot grew for every movie. Yeah, the first time I watched Gore Horror, I kind of figured it'd be like, oh, it's just another chick who like kills fucking Johns or whatever. Mm. But it actually has a pretty, uh, pretty unique plot, man. You know, and it gets even weirder. Like then when all the fucking zombies come into it and shit, it's the reanimated. Like, yeah, like you're corpses. not expecting that, you know, to see zombies in this film, you know. Yeah. Uh, another thing I like about his movies, and uh, it's in Gorgasm a bit, because she also hides that one corpse in the cemetery. Gorhor's also hiding her fucking reanimator sex kit in the cemetery. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I Something about that, like hiding these fucking weird things in cemeteries it's a really cool idea to me you know it's really spooky yeah pulling shit out of fucking decrepit graves and shit like i don't know it just kind of reminds me of like people i knew who used to to hang out in cemeteries woodmere and shit downtown with shit fucker and how weird things would get down there and like the broken fucking tombs and shit and like fucking chicks down there in the cemetery and shit like it's weird because it's like i watch those movies and i'm like i know these fucking people i know this kind these kinds of people who were like in this movie fucking back then you know right it's like these 
these people probably like, especially after Gorgasm, like Gorotica and Gorhor definitely feel like these are fucking weirdos who are probably actually into this kind of shit, you know? Especially Gorotica, I think. Oh yeah, that that one for sure. Like yeah, you can tell everyone's kind of a freaky lifestyler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this. Uh, anything you guys want to add to this trilogy? Because you know, I'd like to just talk about Hugh Gallagher himself. Okay, for a let's second, do it. Actually, now for that, let's uh, do that. Yeah. I was kind of going back and uh, reading. I read it. There's not a lot about any of these movies online or about Hugh Gallagher himself. And he did an interview the second to last uh, issue of Draculina. And one of the interesting things in that is he talks about his childhood. And he talks about how his mom, like I guess his dad was a trucker, and was gone a lot and says he has really bad like memories of his dad whenever his dad was around they his parents fought all the time but he said he was on his own a lot when he was a kid and he'd watch horror movies and shit but when he was 11 his his mom was like found dead in a hotel room mysteriously Mm. and like i guess he claims that like it was never really talked about or whatever and uh, then his dad like remarried, and his stepmom like I guess was really abusive to him and would like fucking hit him with a shovel and shit. And he like lived on a pig farm and had to shovel fucking pig shit all the time and Fuck. do all the shit after his dad remarried. <clears throat> and his stepmom uh, killed herself when she was. Uh, killed herself when he was 20. I guess she shot herself in the head. Wow. And he is married to his stepmom's niece, who actually is in Paula Gallagher, who's in Gorgasm. She's the blonde chick who gets uh, the fucking weed whacker weed scene. Which is yeah. my favorite kill out of all yeah, three. That's, uh, that's Hugh's wife, Paula, in real life, who is his step mother's niece who killed herself so it's pretty crazy like reading that and it's like man this guy had like a lot of trauma in his life a lot of fucking trauma early on he talks about how his mom would leave and she'd be gone for weeks at the hotel and like he didn't know what was going on and left alone a lot and then she ends up dead it's pretty fucking crazy that he went on to make these movies that kind of like I don't know, playing a lot of that fears, man. Your mom, like, fucking... It's almost like... Might have been prostituting or, like, doing drugs or crazy shit like that. Mm, yeah. Weird, weird men, like, some weird secretive sexual lifestyle. Weird shit. And, like, that's what his art, you know, became... It's almost like, like he filled order. in the blanks. Exactly, With yeah. his movies. Yeah. Of what his mom might have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, yeah, like, I can't help but think that, you know... It's, you know... If it's too perfect with it. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty weird, man. Pretty weird, like, backstory on him, you know. I know he also worked while he was, uh, I think, making those movies, worked at a, uh, like, an ammunition factory and made, uh, you know, weapons for the military or ammunition for the military and stuff. 
so i don't know it's kind of a weird headspace to be in you know like you've fucking making weapons to kill and your mom died when you're 11 under fucking weird circumstances you just filed away never dealt with yeah then you make pretty much some of the fucking weirdest like sov movies you know not just one (laughs) you fucking trilogy (laughs) But yeah. yeah. Fucking silence can almost be thrown in. Dead silence can almost be thrown into that. Dead silence too. Dead. <clears throat> I've yet to ever watch Dead Silence, even though I did a painting for it for a release that never came out. But that's a whole uh, another story. But yeah, Dead Silence was his first film, which I don't think he actually uh, considers as part of his official filmography. At least um, in that interview I read with him from the second to last Dr- Draculina, which would have been around about over 10 years ago at this point because I think the last issue of Draculina came out in 2006 or 2007. But yeah, he says in that interview that Dead Silence like, he doesn't consider he's, he's like, at oh, it's so bad, I don't consider it part of my familiarity. Dude, I read an interview with, uh, or not an interview, just a write-up with uh, Tim Ritter, because he was talking about um, Hugh Gallagher. Yeah. And, like, Dracula and all that. And he even said, he's like, yeah, he's like, in, uh, we were talking about how we both wanted to make movies. He's like, and he went and made a movie, and he sent me the uh, first thing, which was his first film, Dead Sounds. He's like, I watched it, he's like, wasn't bad he's like it wasn't anything like special yeah he's like it was just kind of what you would expect from somebody who was never had experience in the field and trying to get into the field well i mean it's like tim murder should talk i mean it's like (laughs) i don't know what to say i mean especially since fucking tim murder films seem to take a like consistent fucking nosedives from truth or dare i mean i love tim ritter stuff but it doesn't the quality doesn't yeah, the come quality back up dec- it's, it's, yeah, exactly. it declines it, de- it does yes it decreases after truth or dare his first film a critical madness but you know i don't know it's cool like it seems like a lot of those guys uh were like friends and in correspondence i mean obviously like donald farmer was working as a advisor on the Hugh Gallagher movies, and it seems like you know Tim Ritter has been uh, kind of a fan, as I think Tim has like re-released some of these films on Sub Rosa Studios. Yeah, the DVD versions and the Blu-ray versions you can get nowadays. But yeah, I mean, these films are pretty much fucking ghosts in terms of like having them on VHS. The only one I actually have on VHS is uh, Gorotica, which I bought from Thomas Video when they were going out of business. Good old Thomas. Yeah, but outside of that, man, good luck ever finding yeah. original VHSs mm-hmm. of these. Unless it's, you wanna... it's to the point where once the original VHS of these pop up on eBay... Word's gonna get out that they're there, yeah. And you're not gonna, it's not gonna sneak under the radar. No, you're getting these, you're paying top fucking dollar for what yeah. they're going for at these this time. I've seen them a few times. It seems, and it's weird because usually when someone does sell them on eBay, it's a lot of the three. You never see like a single tape. It's always a lot of the three, 
And they, the lot of the three seems to go for like two to three hundred, which isn't insane compared to like what we were talking about earlier with you know yeah the toxic the toxic Carl J Supernex the toxic retards going for twelve hundred or yeah you know scarecrow videos tales from the quad dead zone going for twelve hundred mm-hmm. you know but I mean three hundred bucks is a fucking hundred to tape. Which pretty, honestly, it's price to pay for some VHS tape. It's yeah, it's a price to pay for a VHS tape, especially if you if you look at it as an outsider who doesn't like really collect. Yeah, you're like holy shit. But looking at somebody who collects, you're like, all right, I could pretty much see each one of those tapes individually going for around 100 bucks on an yeah. eBay auction. And I don't think that's so. bad. I mean, like, I I think you know, honestly. I'm a big fan of these movies. I'm not going to lie. I love all three of them. I think they all work great as a trilogy and mm-hmm. for what they are. Yeah. I mean, I'd be tempted if I found a fucking nice copy. I'd I'd be tempted to drop that money on them. That's the thing. Like, if I had money to spend, and depending on what the movie was, yeah. Yeah. 100 bucks, cool. If I if the whole trilogy came up at three hundred, I'm like, do I have three hundred to fucking drop? Yeah, <laughs> it's worth it though. Yeah, you you almost have to then do math like, three, what would I spend know. on him if I bought him individually? Okay, cool. That price is about the same. Yeah. Do I have three hundred to just drop on this? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. That's pretty much how that would go for me. If you got the money and you really. Want to watch fucking some sleazy shit shot yeah. on a fucking super VHS tape? Dude. These are kind of the fucking films, man. They really mm-hmm. do exist in their own SOV universe. I mean, there's a lot of sh- sleazy SOV shit out there, but these might be the sleaziest. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you see, like with like SOV, it's you you get the whole the gore aspect, the cheap gore, and you may get some fucking like tit shots and stuff. But with these movies, which you don't really get with a lot of other SOV films, is your it, it's not just like gore and tit shots. It's like you get some fucking like gore, which may be cheaper than other films, but it's still gore and like straight up like tit shots and like fucking vag and chicks fucking masturbating mm-hmm. and it's all shown on video on your fucking TV screen. Right. Like it's not it, it's not implied like anything else it's not like oh we're going to show you the tits but we're not going to show you this chick fucking masturbating as you see in these movies it's straight up fucking like you're going to get the the fucking the gore and oh this this chick's fucking tits you're going to show those oh this this chick in the scene's fucking masturbating yeah you're you're going to see that as well right it's all there yeah, they don't leave anything to the imagination. Yeah, that's like these they like with other SOV films like Except when Gabriella is on her period and she can't do the full nudity scene. <laughs> Except yeah, for well, that. Then you I mean, gotta imagine that. They should have uh, pumped the brakes and held out like Then you week. gotta imagine what's under that leather thong. Is it a tampon <laughs> or is it a maxi pad? Mm, what I don't know. A question for the ages. we might touch on that in a later episode. Yeah. But uh, I think that's pretty much it, guys. Yep. I want to say one more thing. Do it. (sighs) Hugh Gallagher started to make one other movie in 95 called Exploding Angel, which was supposed to be his 
action movie. Really? I didn't know about anything about this. It's kind of like the fable, the Jim Van Beber, Chaz Balin uh, team up of Chunk Blower, yes. where they like shot about you know twenty five percent of the movie. And then, for whatever reason, they fucking call it quits. But just like Chunk Blower, there is a trailer for Exploding Angel that you can watch. And I would highly recommend anyone to fucking watch the trailer for Exploding Angel. It has Gunnar Hansen of uh, cool Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right? I'm so down. That was supposed to be his big, like, crossover. Coming out of the like, fucking yeah, underground. Exploding Angel, and it just never fucking happen so i don't know hopefully i'd love to see that one day if they shot enough footage to cobble it into a movie man because yeah. i'd love to see more from from hugh gallagher you know yeah. absolutely absolutely for sure i would love to see more from this guy yeah it's i mean fuck dude so great like wrap this all up i mean dude is just fucking his films are like on another level if you like mm-hmm. just fucking total metal punk sleaze dude that's the thing like I'll put in like some fucking stupid like sleazy SOV film and it's like I don't know if anybody else would even watch this movie but fucking like I like this fucking movie yeah (laughs) they're fucking great man like they truly are great like I feel like you could throw those movies on at a party with a bunch of punks and they like you know they fit right in there like you know I don't know. It's right up there. Like, Hugh Gallagher and Jim Van Beber, two of my favorite, like, outlaw film directors of all time. Like, both of those guys, they just, they did whatever they wanted and didn't give a fuck. And how many people have done that? Not a whole lot. Yeah. No, absolutely. I remember having Johnny over here for, like, he. I think he stayed with me for, like, two weeks, three weeks. And I would just bring movies down for him. Like, yeah. just watch this. I got to go to bed. I got to work in the morning. Yeah. And I think I, I gave him, like, The Devil's. Nice. And he's like, that fucking movie. He's like, are you fucking kidding me with that movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, fucked up shit, man. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like, that's like my alley, and that's what I kind of try to spread to anybody who, like, I feel might, like, even get some type of, like, reaction out of it. For sure. Like, dude, just fucked up shit, man. Yeah. And like you said, Van Beber, which obviously John knew all about, and Gallagher. Yeah. Just. They were there. Yeah, I definitely speak the praises of Van Beber a lot to anybody who will listen. But Gallagher is a different thing, man. Gallagher is like even more underground, way than you know, way more underground than the Van Beber stuff. And it's just, it's on its own level, man. Like I said, it makes you feel like you need to take a shower after watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, I mean, honestly, especially if you don't watch a lot of SOV stuff. Yeah. If you don't really watch a lot of SOV stuff and you watch Gallagher, like, you watch this fucking trilogy, you're going to be like, dude, what did I fucking just watch? Yeah, you don't want to watch it, like, with your mom. (laughs) It's not a family affair, guys. No. (laughs) Probably not. Your kids. Han Solo. Your aunt. Yeah, take them to see the new Solo movie instead. No, you gotta fly Han Solo when you watch these movies. Yeah, true. You gotta fucking just be like quarantined in the Millennium Falcon. With a fucking pizza and a beer. Yeah, the fucking Blu-ray player in the Millennium Falcon and just (laughs) your dick in your hand. 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude, I think that's fucking it, guys. All right, man. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks being for on Tim. the show, Tim. Thanks, coming guys. out for this thanks fucking for episode. Hell yeah, it's a lot of fun. Cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for everything, man. Fucking burnt offering. This podcast never die. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. All right. See ya. See ya.